Welcome back to Throwing Hands. This is episode two zero zero two hundred. Toby, we'll do something special uh, to celebrate, but we still haven't figured that out yet. So, yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll do something cool. Uh, ref tier list, I think that's what I'm thinking. But just a fun episode. But two hundred, we're gonna stay with. We're gonna stay on the path of Throwing Hands with episode two hundred uh, as we preview Fight Night Luke versus Dos Anjos. Toby, what, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah, it looks like a pretty solid card. Um, not a ton of huge names on it, but some good prospects. And of course, any card that's headlined by Vicente Luque and Rafael or Rafael dos Anjos, pardon me, is a great card. And that's you a fantastic by mispronouncing the name. I know, I know. Not for the views that I actually just mispronounced it. Yuri Prokayev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So taking a look at this card. It's it's if you're a hardcore guy, this is fun. This is really fun. Um, Juliana Miller couldn't care less about. Um, Jose Johnson, he's making his UFC, de- UFC debut. He's a thrown hands alum. Go- tough, tough fight to debut against <laughs> Damon Blackshear. That's a hard one, man. Yeah, that is a tough matchup. Um, Damon Blackshear, I know he trains out of uh, Mike Winklejohn's gym. He's a good fighter. Um, you know, had a loss and a draw to start off his career, but his last win was against um Daniel Lacerda, I think his name is. Um, they have it listed as like Luan, but I don't know. I swear it was da- maybe it's a, maybe it's a different Lacerda, but yeah, either way, his last name is Lacerda. He looked pretty good in it. Um, he, you know, got a TKO. So yeah, I mean, it's a tough matchup. I don't know too too much about Jose Johnson. I have to do some more research, but I mean, he looked pretty good from what I saw in his uh, contender series fight. And that's after bouncing back from a tough loss in his first uh, contender series appearance. So it's a tough yeah. guy. It's a good matchup. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid matchup. Uh, something, Josh Parisian, Martin Boudet, just two big dudes swinging and banging. You, you don't, someone's getting knocked out here. It's going to be sloppy, but Terrence yeah. McKinney, I swear he fought like four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Boudet and Parisian, they were, those are also two yeah. contender series guys, I believe. And yeah, uh, they Martin, Bud- Martin Boudet, I mean, he wins. He doesn't always have the prettiest fights, but he's been winning in the UFC. And every single fight, I just remember they're like, this guy used to play video games 18 hours a day. And I'm like, there's no way that this guy played video games for 18 hours. 18 every hours. Day. That's impossible. Like, what if you're sleeping for even three hours, you have three additional hours to do the whole rest of your life. So it's like, there's just no way, but I mean, pizza whatever. rolls. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that, that's a fun. Yeah. Two, two big guys. It's a fun matchup. Yeah. There's, there's always fun there. Um, McKinney, he fought, he did fight four weeks ago. Um, going against Mike Breeden. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about this fight, to be honest. Um, we all know Terrence McKinney. Uh, 
fastest knockout in a debut, seven seconds over Matt Frivola. Um, Mike Breen's this. That's another. Both guys coming off losses. This is another tough short notice matchup for McKinney, man. Um, but I mean, Natan Levy and Hernandez aren't exactly the worst losses to have. So it's not. This isn't cake for McKinney by any means. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Anybody who looks at Mike Breed and says like, oh, this guy's lost, you know, three straight. I mean, yeah, but like you said, he's fought really high-level competition. And Terrence McKinney, too, I think I love Terrence McKinney. I think he is super talented. I think he has a bright future in the UFC. I think he could really, really do well. But he just gets a little over-aggressive. He makes mistakes in there and very costly mistakes. And he does that in almost every fight that he's lost in. In the fights that he's won, he's looked incredible. Even in some of the fights that he's lost, you know, the Drew Dober fight, for example, he looked really good until he didn't. So for McKinney, just got to be composed. It is short notice, so that's going to be tough. But just remain calm. Don't exert yourself too much to start off. And yeah, don't take this guy too lightly. Don't come in here thinking, oh, this is going to be a bounce back fight. This guy's lost a couple of times. Take this fight seriously. I think he will. You know, I, I truly think Terrence McKinney is a good, legit prospect still. But this is a tough fight. I agree completely. I'm not even going to add anything to that, man. Marcus McGee versus J.P. Bays. Um, this is a tough, bantamweight fight. This is, this is a tough fight for J.P. Bays, man. Uh, Marcus McGee is really good. He's pretty damn good, man. Um I think they signed McGee on like a short notice fight and he just whooped. Uh, who'd he fight? I can't remember. It was um, Newsom. Yeah. Johnny, is that it? No. I think so. Journey. Journey Newsom. Journey Newsom, yes. And, you know, Baze is a half decent fighter, but, you know, he still hasn't secured a win in the UFC. Yeah, I think Marcus McGee takes his handily, man. Yeah, no, Marcus McGee is a very good fighter. Um, he doesn't even have like a super extensive professional record, but he is, he's really good. He was super impressive in that uh, debut um, against Newsom. He showed very well-rounded skills. I mean, he just is good everywhere. And I, I remember he just, he locked up that finish very quickly. That's, that's mainly what I remember is that he was on that finish when he saw the opportunity. So yeah, he is, I think he got the knockdown too. So, you know, he was able to jump on that. He, he looks good, man. This is a tough fight. Yeah. For JP Bay's, not saying he's bad or anything, but he's had a rough run in the UFC as of late, and this is not an easy matchup at all. This is a must finish for JP Bays. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, Josh Fremd, friend of the program, he came on the podcast, guys. Um, shout out to Josh Fremd going up against Jamie Pickett. Pretty favorable matchup for him, I think. Um, I know he has like a six inch reach disadvantage. I didn't realize Pickett's arms were that long good lord but um i mean josh friend can do it pretty much anywhere his kickboxing is where he stands out so i think this this fight on a finish you know jamie pickett doesn't really uh like to go to decision whether it be win or loss so you know this is a, this is a banger yeah no this is a fun matchup i mean jamie pickett we all know was cruising to a victory against Bo Nickel and until he got kneed in the groin. And clearly that altered the course of the fight. And Jamie Pickett would have finished him. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> spinning back fist, no question. Yeah, no. But I mean, he's, he's a decent fighter. You know, he's not anything incredible, but he's pretty good. And Josh Fremd is also pretty good. Um, 
you know, he got really horribly choked out by Treshawn Gore. That's oh, that was brutal. One of the, yeah, one of those brutal chokes I've ever seen. But he did come back in his very next fight, and he got Cedricus Dumas with a guillotine. <laughs> so he got submitted by the guillotine, and then submitted a guy with the guillotine. But I, I mean, think he's it was all... a ninja choke that took out Fremd in the uh in the Treshawn Gore fight. Yeah, it might have been. It it definitely could have been. But yeah. Um, so, but he's looked, you know, decent. Um, his first fight was against Fluffy. And, you know, Fluffy Hernandez is a dog, man. He's a tough a fight tough for anybody. Debut. It's a very tough debut. And Treshawn Gore, too, he's had flashes of brilliance in his own right. So both his losses aren't bad or anything. I think Josh Frim, I think he's probably going to take this fight. But, you know, it, it's nothing easy. Like you said, Jimmy Pickett, very aggressive. Um, not the most technical guy, but he is dangerous. So either way, it's a dangerous matchup. Probably going to end at a finish. I remember I Josh Friend was just mowing through people in LFA. <laughs> he was coming yeah. up, but just knocking dudes out. Then he ran to, uh, RoboCop. Oh, and, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, that was a brutal. They were swaying and banging, man. But shout Josh Friend. He's going to get the dub. I got a good feeling about it. Yep. Uh, AJ Dobson versus Tafuan and Chukwe. Two middleweight fights to uh, get into. I, f- I forgot this fight was even on the card. Um, I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest. I didn't do too much research into this one. Yeah, I mean, Tefan Chukwi, I don't know. Um, it's kind of hard to gauge how good he is. I, I remember he was looking actually pretty good against uh, Merzikhanov, but then he just got, it was like, it was in the third round or something. He got kneed. Like, he was winning that fight, definitely. And then Merzikhanov just did, like, a step-up knee, knocked him out. But other than that, I mean, he's been pretty good. You know, he's got some decent wins in the UFC um you know his losses aren't terrible like his most recent loss to carlos olberg like yeah you know car olberg is a pretty good fighter you know he's a great striker so i mean i think both these guys have some talent uh dobson i remember his last fight was against um arman petrosian and you know he looked decent he just got outstruck so yeah petrosian's a very fundamental kickboxer that it's hard to get off on someone like that yeah, exactly. And he was trying to have just a straight kickboxing match with him. So, you know, it's pretty hard to do that. Um, yeah, both these guys are middle of the pack, decent talent. Should be interesting, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a total war. That's what I'll hope for. Yeah, just swinging and banging. Um, Pollyanna Viana, she's she's not happy, man. She, she's not happy about the UFC not uh, letting her wear her cosplay out during the walkout. Wow. She, really? she's not happy about it and i don't know I, I didn't hear about that ufc let them wear whatever they want in the walkout if, well, Deont- say, if, if they want to wear a 40 pound vest like deontay wilder did let them wear a 40 pound vest i say let them wear whatever shorts they want to and if they want to have a condom depot logo on their shorts they should be able to have that yeah bring back sponsors bring yes, back sponsors. bring back some please here's yes. the thing they could do that a little discourse here's the thing they could do that no problem if you really think about it keep the venom shorts like they, if they have to keep go venom with the shorts, that's fine. Just let them put whatever they want on it. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, it is kind of like a trivial thing. You're like, oh, the short, but man, that's pretty much all they have in there. They're they don't have shoes or socks or shirts. Like that, all they have is the shorts. I just remember back in the day, guys would wear pretty cool shorts. I remember Johnny Hendricks, for example, used to have those Bass Pro shorts that look pretty awesome. I'm a big Johnny Hendricks fan, even though lots of people hate him, but you can't deny the man was a beast. Yes, he was roided out of his mind. But who wasn't, you know? I mean, come on. 
We're all going to pretend and Anderson like Silva with the uh, Burger King shorts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. It, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. I, Bring it back. I but just, this fight. Oh, it just annoys me how Dana says like, oh, I just don't want sponsors all over their shorts, whatever. Look at the cage. Look at the floor of the octagon. There's 70 sponsors. And then people's names are even in the little like black circle around the octagon. Yeah. At least let them have the banner that they used to have and let yeah. them, you know, hang it over the side of the uh the cage. Like yeah. that's there's no point in not letting them do don't that. Don't even do that anymore. It's crazy. Crazy. But Pauliana Viana, Yasmin Lucindo. Lucindo's good, man. She 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 has talent. Uh Viana does too, but I don't know, two Brazilians going at it. It's it'll be I think it'll be I think Lucindo gets this by submission. That's 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 my prediction. It's a little crazy, but you know, it is what it is, as Eric Lewis says. Yeah, no, this is a fun fight. I mean, you know, both these women are pretty exciting, especially for the weight classes they're in. Not that straw weight isn't exciting, but it's just not a lot of finishes. And uh Pollyanna Viana is a finisher. I mean, she gets finished sometimes, but I think all of her wins are by finishing the UFC or most of them. And uh yeah, Lucindo, she's looked good. I mean, she lost to uh Yasmin Haragway, but that's not a bad loss at all. And she looked really good in her win. So I think this is actually going to be a pretty good matchup. And it's no surprise that they put this near the top of the card. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, here we go. I'm excited for this one, man. Uh, Khalil Roundtree might be the most violent person on this roster. Uh, And Chris Dawkins moving down from heavyweight, which he should have done ages ago. Um. Hold on, let me find something real quick. Um, you you talk, Toby. Yeah, um, Cleo Roundtree Jr. Man, he is a very up and down fighter. Um, he, he has like these moments where he just looks absolutely incredible, and uh, like that one fight where he just destroyed the guy's ribs. He had him on the ground. It was just landing nasty body kicks to him on the ground. But then he'll have these moments where he loses to Marcin Procneo. You know, he loses to Iwan Kutalaba. And it's like, yeah, I mean, those aren't exactly, you know, great fighters, I would say. But in some other moments, he's looked amazing. Even in the Dustin Jacoby fight, although personally I thought Jacoby won that, it was still a close fight. And, you know, if you're going toe-to-toe on the feet with Dustin Jacoby, you clearly have good striking skills. And I remember when he went over to Thailand for a while, came back in the Eric Anders fight, and just looked like a whole different person. So he has a very fun style. Um, it's kind of hit or miss, but as of late, he's been doing very well. And Chris Dawkins, yeah, I totally agree. He should have moved down to light heavyweight a long time ago. I think that he could have been making weight easily for a long time. It's you know, you don't want to get knocked out by Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades and Jarzina Rosenstrike at one after another. That is not a great time. And I think it's a smart move for him because, I mean, he was looking good. He's got power in his own right. He's got some good finishes up at heavyweight. So I'm sure that power is probably going to translate pretty well. But I don't know. He just doesn't have the body type. He doesn't have the chin really to be a heavyweight fighter. So I think this this is a tough matchup, but I think he will fare pretty well at light heavyweight, generally speaking. I agree. I think, and his hand speed is incredible. That's one thing I noticed with him at heavyweight. Now, um, hold on. I, I, all right, I'll just say it if I can't find it after this search. Okay, so 
I, I literally asked Chris Dawkins on Twitter like two years ago. Hey, you ever thought about moving down to light heavyweight? Oh, yeah, I've thought about it. Loses a few times. He listened. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. I am the arbiter of truth when it comes to Chris Dawkins. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened. I forced him to move. You might have spoken into existence. I, I may have spoken into existence. But, you know, who do you think is winning this fight, man? I think Chris Dawkins gets it done. If it hits the ground, I think Chris Dawkins has a big advantage. Yeah. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I see this as like a 50-50, truly a, a coin flip. Because on any given night, either of these guys could look like a world beater. But on any given night, they could also not look so great. But in this matchup, I'm going to favor Chris Dawkins ever so slightly but yeah i think his speed is gonna not that roundtree isn't fast but i think doc speed is gonna translate well and hopefully he mixes in some takedowns as well yeah i remember that i i, I saw chris Dawkins live in columbus um man that was brutal when oh that right hand from curtis blades was nasty Oof. yeah he set him down bad yeah that was horrible <laughs> Shocker Stockus, man. Yeah. All right. Cub Swanson's moving back up to 45. I don't know why he moved down to 35. That was a terrible like, decision. Like he he was he's old and chinny. And it, you're just destroying your chin even more. Who do you lose to? Who was that? Was it Jonathan Martinez? Uh, John, yeah, it was Jonathan Martinez. Super tough matchup. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's brutal. Uh, you know, I'm gonna move down. I'm gonna fight one of the best young prospects in the division. Yeah, I can't believe his team allowed him to do that. Horrible. But Hakeem Dewadu. Yeah, Dewadu. Um, that's a that's a tough match to come back to moving back up to 45. I, I, look, I'm not even gonna say much about this. We really shouldn't. Uh, but I think Cub Swanson gets decimated, to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say, you know. Hakeem Dewadu, I've always been a fan of. Um, he's a very good striker uh super talented guy but his one flaw is that he is not a finisher like yes. i don't i don't know if he's ever gotten a finish he may have like one finish in the ufc but outside of that he is just not a finisher he's mainly like a point fighter type style he's very technical will pick you apart from the outside but he can be hurt and he can be dragged into wars and his most recent fight is a great example of that against julian arosa i mean arosa is kind of a a hit or miss guy himself you know he gets knocked out brutally like every couple fights but he was able to drag Hakeem Duwadu into his type of fight and make it a war now with that being said I don't know if it would benefit Cub Swanson to try to get into a war at his age with his chin at this point in his body too I mean a couple of his fights recently he's been very damaged to the body okay so <laughs> yeah so it's like I'm not sure he would benefit from that either so if this is going to be a technical stay on the outside matchup, I would favor Dewadu. I don't think he'd finish Cub Swanson. I think he'll probably like outpoint him for a decision. I could see a finish, but I'm going Dewadu by decision. But I really love Cub. He has one of the greatest highlight reels in all of MMA. He's one of the most exciting, entertaining, incredible fighters we've ever seen. And yeah, man, I hope he gets it done, but. I don't know. I'm thinking Duwadu is just going to pick him apart. Yeah, it'll be a masterclass by Duwadu, I think. And, and and Cub doesn't exactly – he has good wrestling, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't exactly have where you can rely on, like, okay, if I'm getting beat on the feet, I'm just going to take this guy down. I'm going to control him on top. Maybe he's developed that a little bit, 
but I haven't seen it too much in his career. Yeah, that, that's a good point to make. Yeah, Cub Swanson on the feet's great, but like you said, you know, if Hakeem Duwadu's picking him apart. Is he going to be able to change the pace of the fight? Um, before we get to the main event, I'm tired of these six fight main cards. Yeah, it's weird. Just make it five, please. The London one they made seven. Yeah, what was up with that? I don't know. It's crazy, man. Five just seems like a much better number. It just makes more sense. Exactly. Thank you. But anyway, to the main event. Vicente Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, Vicente Luque coming off a brain bleed. Um, I'm not even lying, guys. Look it up. Um, Because Jeff Neal sent him to a place with after 75 uppercuts in a row that no one comes back from, really. And then Rafael Dos Anjos, the dude just doesn't get worse, it seems like. He... His chin is isn't there. Obviously, he's oh, he's gonna be forty next year, but his skills haven't diminished. He he was right in that physique fight until he got caught. He's he's one of the best in the business. He's a legend, and you mentioned the other day, um, one of the best strength and schedules ever in a, in all of mixed martial arts. He hasn't lost to a bad guy ever. I don't think so. Dos Andres is the guy. Um, or as Colby Covington calls him, Dos Nachos. I don't know. You, Colby Covington. Shout out Colby Covington, I guess. Come on the show. But um, yeah, this is a this is a tough matchup for Luke, man. Especially coming off a, a brutal thing from Jeff Neal. I don't know. I could see Rafael Dos Anjos really winning this one, man. Yeah, I could see it too. I mean, if this were a couple years ago, I would have definitely said Vicente Luque because... I think he could have easily taken RDA's best shot and he would have just walked right through him. Not walked right through him, but he would have been able to put enough pressure on him to just uh, target that chin and take him out. But now, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, this guy literally had brain bleeding and that knockout by Jeff Neal was really, really brutal, like especially brutal in a sport filled with knockouts. This was, it stood out. I mean, the way he fell forward after those uppercuts, after everything he got hit with, I mean, it's hard to recover from a knockout like that, truly. And I don't know if he is fully recovered, even though it has been a while. I mean, it's not like that was super recent or anything, but I mean, I think it's been like a full year since he last fought. But still, I don't know if you ever recover from something like that. No. And he's going up against a really, really tough, gritty veteran in RDA. I mean, RDA, man, this guy... He was on a huge win streak and then lost to Habib, which is obviously we all know how good Habib is. And then he went on another win streak, got the belt. He defended the belt, uh, I think once, maybe twice. And then um, after a couple losses, he actually moved up to welterweight and had a decent run there. He became like the number three contender at welterweight at one point. And then he dropped back down, went back up. I mean, this guy has been in the top of the top in both the lightweight and the welterweight division for years upon years. His skills seem to have not diminished. In fact, he seems to always bring something new to the table in every fight you see. You know, a, a lot of it is based on his wrestling. He has a fantastic wrestling base, but he'll also bring in unorthodox striking that you wouldn't expect from him or clinch work that you wouldn't expect from him. Yeah. So I think he's definitely got the the X factor when it comes to diversity uh, of his game plan and his striking and grappling. I think Luke we know what he's going to try to do for the most part. He's going to try to pressure forward. He's going to try to eat your shots, land, you know, hard leg kicks, maybe some nice elbows on the inside, but he's not 
overly technical. He gets caught pretty often. I could see RDA taking him down quite a few times. You know, Luke has had a little trouble in the past when he gets taken. I mean, he's yeah. got, he's a great submission artist, but you can't just sit on your back against a guy like RDA hoping to throw up a submission because yeah. he's too talented. He's not going to be caught like that. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, RDA is a freaking uh, Jiu-Jitsu world champion, man. Like, yeah, d- dude is amazing on the yeah. ground and everywhere. Um you know, even if he does win by decision, it's it's always a fun fight, man. I love RDA. But let's take a look at whom he's lost to. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, every fighter. I mean, JDM lost his first two fights. Yeah. And then, you know, you, uh, George Brito. Uh, you don't even know who these guys are. But Jeremy Stevens, Tyson Griffin, Glayson Tebow, Clay Guida, Habib, Eddie Alvarez, Tony. Oh, and just for a little context, too, I mean, when RDA came into the UFC, he was very young. Like, people need to keep in mind, he came into the UFC in 2008. It is 2023 right now. So that was 15 years ago that RDA came to the UFC. He was in his early... (laughs) Yeah, he's 24 years old. And Jeremy Stevens is a dangerous fighter for anybody. I don't care who you are. Jeremy Stevens is always a tough matchup. That is a kind of a funny knockout, though, because... Jeremy Stevens threw an uppercut from like three feet away and just leap. It was like the most telegraphed uppercut I've ever seen and leapt into it and just caught RDA right on the chin and knocked him out. But yeah, I mean, all of his other losses, like Tyson Griffin, he had a great run in the UFC. He was super tough. Guida. I mean, people forget how good Clay Guida was, man. Like that guy was a monster. T-Bow was, he was roided to the gills, you know, so no shame (laughs) in that, but Habib, Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, none of these are bad losses. And then if you look at his wins too, I mean, Cowboy, Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, Benson Henderson, Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny. I mean, this guy, RDA, he's done it all. The real BMF of the UFC, Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, and yeah, no question. I think he'll get it done. I think he can get it done this weekend. Yeah, I mean, and if you look, you know, lost to Fazeev, lost to Leon Edwards, lost to Kiesa, Usman, Covington. Yeah, he's lost to the he's only lost to the best of the best, really. And Jeremy Stevens at that time was a world beater. Yeah, world sure. beater. Yeah. So, all right, who you got, man, before we get into some news? I got I think Dosan just subs him. Yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm taking Dos Anjos. I'm not sure exactly how I think the fight will end. I'm not sure if he'll get a finish. I think I, I'm leaning towards a decision. I don't think either guy is going to be over. I, I think Luke, I hope at least, is going to be a little more reserved in this fight and not just going out there to brawl the whole time. So I'm thinking a decision for RDA, but I could see a finish. I could see a sub, but we'll see. I mean, I, I love Vicente Luque too, man. I mean, his time in the UFC has been insane all of his fights are absolute bangers like just total wars i mean fight of the year candidate multiple times and yeah i mean that takes a toll on you though that's that's the price you're going to pay it's similar to what happened to rory mcdonald after he had that robbie lawler fight like yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the price you pay for getting into these insane fights that everybody yes they're a member for years and years but it takes a toll on your body can say it better man all right news uh, Sean Strickland, Adesanya, official. Uh, prepare for an interesting press conference. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, to say the least. I mean, I can't imagine the things that Sean Strickland is going to say to Adesanya. And look, I love Izzy, man. I think he is 
one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. But this guy is terrible at talking trash. For whatever reason, he always just comes out very cringe, in my opinion. Like he he just tries. I think he he tries too hard. Like he really plans out his insults and he tries to come up with these clever names and you know these clever things like you just got to be off the cuff right you can do it if you're going to do it you have to be like chill though if you're going to plan out what you're going to say you have to plan it out meticulously and recite it very precisely instead of coming into the octagon and being like oh you know to Drikus, the 38 and me the 24 and me the 35 me it's like dude you're messing up 23 and me which is like not a very hard line to uh, no. keep track of. So I just think, you know, in a war of words, I think Strickland's going to take him out. But in the fight, I got to go easy for sure. Yeah, I'm, but, I mean, you know, if Strickland goes to the ground, we'll see what happens. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so Strickland. People are complaining about him getting the next title shot. I'm like, who else is there to fight? If Drakus can't fight, who's next, guys? Like, be honest with yourself. You could argue he won that Cannoneer fight. Yeah. And, yep. you know, he, he fought Nasruddin Imamov on, like, four days' notice. And then, you know, you feed him a boost, uh, Magomedov, that he, he got obliterated by Sean Strickland. Yeah. I don't know. But it's interesting, man. Um, Elon Musk wants to put the, uh, the fight in Italy with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm still uh, I'm not too sure if this fight is ever really going to take place, but it's fun to speculate. It's fun, to, yeah. It's it's something to talk about. Um, Bellator announced a card with like four title fights on. I'm trying to find it. Uh, man. Oh, while you look for that, I just yeah. see um, I just saw. Jeff Neal is out of his fight with Ian Gary. Yeah. And I think Dang, Neil Maggie's man. stepping in. I mean, shout out Neil Maggie. That dude will fight. People say like <laughs> anybody, anywhere. Neil Maggie will literally fight anybody, anywhere. So you got to respect that. But yeah, in that matchup, I'm taking Ian Gary, man. I, I know that Neil Magny is a very tough veteran and he's crafty. He knows how to win fights. I think Gary finishes him, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Holland was interested in the fight, too. But that's a BMF too. Kevin Hall will fight anyone. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a super fun fight. I, I would love to see that fight in the future. Honestly, yeah. I I would say if Ian Gary wins this one, why not do a Kevin Holland fight? Honestly, unless they want to give him a really high rank contender after that. But I, I could see um, Ian Gary getting the the loser of Luke versus Dos Anjos. Yeah, yeah, could do that. Or I mean, Sean Brady needs a fight. Shoot. There we go. That'd be a great test for him. Yeah. All right. Bellator 300 will feature four title fights, guys. Four. What? Four title? Dude, that card will take forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. So, flyweight title fight. Liz Carmouche versus Alimale McFarland. McFarland, not my bad. So, yeah, okay. Katz and Ghana versus Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg is just going to... Just don't oh, yeah. don't if you're a better, don't bet on that fight. You'll win pennies. Yeah. <laughs> bet on Chris Cyborg. Yeah, the odds are gonna be like minus twenty five hundred, probably. Yeah. Uh Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brent Primus. Usman Nurmagomedov is fantastic. I think he could win the belt in the UFC right now. Yeah, Usman Nurmagomedov is something else, man. That guy is ridiculous. I mean, 
Yeah, I think it's not really going to be a close fight, to be honest. And Usman's only like 25. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. His striking yeah. is something else, too. Like, obviously, he has to grapple. You see his name, and you're like, oh, yeah. And he does. Don't get me wrong. He, his grappling is very, very good. But his striking is what sets him apart from a lot of the other guys. His striking I is... I didn't know his brother was Umar. <laughs> it's wild, man. It's that's wild. How good wild. Those guys are. It's that's, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> and Brent, Brent Primus too. He's had a bit of a weird career in Bellator. I mean, he's got like that win over Michael Chandler, but it was the one where he kicked him and just hit right on that nerve ending, and Michael Chandler's leg was all like flopping around and stuff. Yeah. So Brent Primus can fight. Yeah, like he'll get into wars. He's a dog. Don't get me wrong, but just in a technical matchup with a guy like uh, Nurmagomedov, I mean, I just—it's different levels. Yeah, I mean, way you different know, levels. I mean, Benson. Oh yeah, is it, it is part of the uh, Grand Prix. So this is the semifinals. Benson Henderson. Uh, he absolutely destroyed Benson Henderson in the first round. Forgot about that. Yeah, but yeah, Usman. That dude's good. and then. You have Ryan Bader versus Linton Vassal for the heavyweight. Dude, hey. I swear every heavyweight Bellator is old as hell. Dude, yeah. I mean, Linton Vassal, though, he's he's a fun guy. He's a crafty guy, super powerful. Like, I, I actually like watching Linton Vassal fight. And he's got some really nice knockouts over in Bellator. I will say that. But he I'm is pretty the, old. I'm looking at the Bellator ring. Yeah, he's 40. It's a matchup of two guys that are 40 years old. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this just shows the level between Bellator and the UFC. Ryan Bader, who couldn't even get to a title fight in his prime in the UFC, has held a Bellator belt for the past five, six years, it feels like. Yeah, and had one in multiple weight classes. I mean, this guy was getting KO'd by middleweights who were light heavyweights in the UFC. But really, they were actually middleweights, and he was getting knocked out by them. And he's the heavyweight champion in Bellator. So, yeah, there is yeah, a got, bit of a skill He got knocked difference. out by Rumble. Um, he got knocked that, out bad by Machida. And Glover. Yeah. And he got subbed by both Tito he got subbed by an old ass Tito. Or he got subbed by Tito, who was on a very long losing streak as well. That it was a that was not a good look for Ryan. Yeah, Bader. and he's the heavyweight champion, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And Impa Kasang and I, who fought at welterweight in the UFC, is in the light heavyweight tournament for PFL. That's pretty crazy. That shows the levels above the UFC, like. Like I said, um, what's her face? What's his face? Usman Nurmagomedov could go in the UFC right now. I truly think he could get the belt. I really yeah. do. Yeah. But outside of that, Pitbull couldn't I mean, do it. I mean, there are definitely some talented guys in Bellator, I would say. Oh, for sure. Like Patchy Mix, for example, I think could do pretty well in the UFC. I think Patchy Mix is... Court McGee could. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some guys over there that they have, but by and large... Yeah, it's a bit of a step down from the UFC for sure. And um, I think what's his face? Uh, Danny Sapatella. Danny said, "Yeah, he, world beater, champion." Shout out Danny. So he came on the podcast. I can't say much. About no, he's that. not bad. I mean, people he's hate not on bad. him. He's a good fighter. But but he he talks so much crap, and then he fails to back it up, 
Yeah. Or when he wins, it's like a lay and pray. Oh, man. He has maybe the most boring style in all of MMA. And I have nothing against grappling and wrestling heavy fighters. No. But if you if you look at someone like Habib, for example, I, I hate when people say Habib is boring. Like, did you watch a Habib fight? If you watch his fight with Edson Barboza, I mean, this guy had his legs trapped. It was just smashing him with uppercuts while on top of him. So he, that's interesting. But Danny Sabatello... He kind of does just lay on top of you. Like, really doesn't do much. That's not yeah. very interesting, in my opinion. No. Clarissa Shield has signed a deal with PFL. I saw that. She wants Who she want to fight? She wants to fight some dude. A guy? Like an actual man? Hold on. Who, what, who was it? Let me... Oh, but speaking of new deals, Derek Lewis, baby. Eight-fight deal. That's yeah, interesting, though. Eight fights. That's eight fights. Fight. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, I think the UFC might be getting a little bit hyped up, and, and I have nothing against that. Like, I love Derek Lewis. I'm glad he's getting paid. I'm glad he's getting some guaranteed money. But yeah, this guy. Don't forget, he just got knocked out a couple of times in a row, and then yes, he did get a good finish. But I mean, is he going to get back to a title? Probably not. I mean, what is he going to do for these eight fights? He's already fought a ton of people in the heavyweight division. I guess you could just do some rematches, but I don't know, man. That seems like a, a long deal for a guy yeah. who's near the end of his career. But hey, shout out Derek Lewis. Get that money, man. Shout out Derek Lewis. Oh, who, she, so she wanted to fight someone who he, held the belt at one point in a male. I'll fight you. Stop. Yeah. I think she should take it pretty slow. Like she was a really, don't get me wrong, she's a very good boxer, but. MMA is a whole different beast, and actually, I'm sure she'll do pretty good as an MMA fighter, but they need oh, to yeah. work her up slowly. Don't just throw yeah. her immediately to the wolves. Yeah, no, she was talking about some dude in boxing. I can't remember his name. Oh, she wants – she does – she did challenge Jake Paul. It's not the guy I was thinking about, but she did – I'm like, I still think Jake Paul was just overhand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it were – like if they had even weight, like if they weighed the same amount, Clarissa Shields definitely wins that fight. But Jake Paul is way, way bigger than her, way stronger, way more powerful. It should, it, yeah. it would not be an even matchup. Yeah, he, he, she's like, no, Jake Paul's like my size. Yeah, oh, I mean, Keith Thurman, I'm pretty sure. She wants to fight Keith Thurman. Yeah, I don't know how well that would go. <laughs> yeah, I, I will, I, Toby, hear me out. I will put, everything i own on keith thurman to win yeah and i will yeah. go to sleep i won't even watch the fight wake up in the morning i have more i wonder <laughs> like why why does she want that matchup i mean is keith thurman even like super active anymore i don't know but she, she get I, I just remember keith thurman is really good i remember um he was on a tear his prime and then, and then he got really knocked out badly by Manny Pacquiao I believe actually I don't know if he got knocked out but it was a he was dominated definitely it was a split yeah really I oh. mean it's boxing dude huh. like I must be thinking of a different fight yeah I or mean, a different fighter I mean, oh well, that's Thurman a tough match retained his belt one two three four five six seven eight times mm. that's like that's crazy he beat Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. Like, he's a savage. Uh, yeah. Clutch Shields, don't do that. No. I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, I'm sorry, man. J uh, 
Fedor wants to box Mike Tyson. <laughs> what is up with these completely washed like legends of the sport who we can appreciate for everything they've done and recognize how incredible they are? What is up with them wanting to come back and prove something? Like, what does Fedor have to prove? Half the people who watch MMA. Maybe not half, but a significant percentage of people who watch MMA really think that Fedor is the GOAT. And there's an argument. I'm, I don't personally think he is, but there is a good argument to make that Fedor Emelianenko is the greatest fighter ever. There's a good argument to make that Mike Tyson is like a top three heavyweight boxer of all time. And that's the same weight class as Muhammad Ali and George Joe Foreman. Frazier and George Foreman. I mean, so it's like, what do these guys think they have to prove, man? I don't know why they're still doing this. And who around them? is encouraging them to do this. I mean, I guess money talks, but man, I don't want to see it. After seeing Fedor get knocked out by the most pathetic left hook I've ever seen in my life by Ryan Bader, the tiniest little gust of wind left hook by Ryan Bader that KO'd Emelianenko, I never want to see Fedor fight after that. Although he did come back and get that knockout of Tim Johnson, which was impressive. But yeah, yeah the hand speed on that was pretty yeah, nice. That was great. That was really impressive. But still, his chin is gone, man. Yeah, like, you know, something like Larry Hall. Like, what? Like, why? Well, also, why not get Mike Tyson in the octagon? Let's do it. You know, I, yeah. I'm just going to really throw that uppercut when he throws that takedown. It's, it's <laughs> going to be over. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think they, Mike should just stick to podcasting. He's an interesting guy, a very interesting guy. And I enjoy video? listening to his the, podcast. Did you see the video when my, uh, Dana White was listing out all the artists from the 80s? And uh, he, it was like hip hop, like Beastie Boys, Run DMC, stuff like that. And Mike Tyson starts going, You give the, a bad name. <laughs> Oh boy. He's, he's listening. Hold on. My friend sent it to me. Hold on. I will play this on this show. This is this is important, I, guys. I did see that uh when Dana was on there, he was talking about his goat list, and he had Ronda Rousey up there and Amanda Nunes. Just like maybe, maybe, but when it comes to impact, yeah. Ronda Rousey, no. Yeah, question. if we're going by impact. And I do respect that he had Matt Hughes up there, and I know that uh Matt Hughes and Dana have been boys for quite some time. Like he was the people talk about golden boys of the UFC. Matt Hughes was the actual golden boy of the UFC, but then, you know, his career went downhill, but you can never forget the Frank trade fight. That's Dana. He always maintains that's his favorite fight of all time. And for good reason, that's one of the most exciting comebacks ever. All right. We're going to play this real quick. This is hilarious. It would let me one second. This is important, but I think he meant <laughs> he mentioned John too. So give some respect to Johnny Bones, Johnny Bones Jones. Yeah, personally, yeah. though, I, I could never put Ronda Rousey in a top five list when it comes to impact on the sport. Absolutely. Oh, impact, yeah, but skill, get out of here. All right, so this it's an ex post from the Art of War. Can't believe I said that. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Here we go. This is Toby. You're gonna. Oh, I forgot to optimize the sharing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boom. All right. Here we go. This is a great clip. I mean, I grew up in in the '80s when when rap really started to take off. Run DMC, LL Cool J, the Beastie Boys, um, the Fat Boys, 
Salt and pepper. I you mean, give love a bad name. That's Bon Jovi. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in. No, I got to edit, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I love how immediately Dana's just like, yeah, that's, that's not hip hop or rap. <laughs> like, that's completely different. But I don't know. What was Mike thinking that that was like the Beastie Boys or something? I don't know. I don't I don't know. know but, you know, I'm going to make sure I need I do less editing. So we're going to end the episode there. But one more thing, Mike Mike Perry, new big BKFC deal. Let's go. Nice. Let's go, Mike Perry. But anyway, we love Mike do, Perry around here. We love Mike Perry. That'll do it for this episode, Third Hands. 200, the big kahuna. Uh, here's uh, many more. But anyway, that'll do it for us. We're out. Peace. Peace out.